Hello and welcome to episode 892 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Tuesday, February 9th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning to you. How you doing? I'm doing all right, man. Working on these second base ranks. You got ears up. Basically kind of having a, a an impromptu uh, infielder ranking session, dude. Swear on my existence. Out of nowhere, I like I'm doing do my first base rankings with commentary. I look somebody up, and you had like tagged them, and I was like, oh, "Did Justin do his ranks tonight?" And he has commentary. Oh my god, this is literally perfect. We're doing the same exact type of list. It's ranking first, week. Shirt, <laughs> shirt, and third. We did not plan it. It's a little bit of serendipity there. I could have pretend like, pretended we planned it and said, "Guys, it's rankings week. Let's go." We did not though. I'm just gonna point out that we happened upon it beautifully i'm excited i'll have my second baseman out basically you chew on justin's in the morning understand where they are and get mine in the afternoon and you can compare the two lists i'll be linking mine uh, i'll be linking justin's in mine and you can do an easy comparison so your second baseman are available now mine will be up if you're listening to this episode on the day it comes out mine will be up either as you're listening or shortly thereafter but we're still talking pitching and I think we could just dive right in because we got nine big topics here, and there's no real uh, Jonathan no VR to the Mets. Nah. Yeah, he's not gonna play. I apologize to everybody who listened on Sunday and heard us talk about the Reds. Yeah, they uh, had that big. That was a pretty heavy rumor. It was you know? I mean, there was Michael Brantley esque, but it was to the degree where it was no. Like, it was it was happened. just as bad as Michael Brantley. Like there was a report. That well, the VR didn't announce it though. Yeah, that's it, true. Didn't at Blue Jays like literally? Oh, do, like, I, I don't even see that on Brantley. Did the Blue Jays announce Brantley? I thought it was pretty. I, no, it was. It was like the, one of their. Um, it was pretty official. One of, it was more the, official than the VR thing. But at, at any rate, the VR thing looked pretty hot though. Like it was ready to go to see to Cincy. Doesn't happen. They get they get D Gordon D Strange Gordon. Now he now VR goes to the Mets and he's not going to play much. I mean he's going he's going to bounce around. He's going to give guys days off, but that I mean his his value is obliterated. No, I mean once they get the DH, is it? Because then you move. Uh, you I'm m- losing a lot of confidence in the DH for this year. By the way, just so we're clear, I'm not. Well, how no, are well, you not? I I think it's going to get done. Based on what, though? There was a major step in MLB and MLBPA negotiations that didn't include it, including a comment of, like, they're now preparing. This is a a second comment of, like, there is no universal DH. They're now preparing, you know. Because I want them to get it done? No, I... I I know, and I'm wondering if that is... Was the expanded playoffs part of the... I, I haven't seen the full... Um, no, they they don't. They have ten team playoffs. Yeah, so I mean, I think that's still a trade off that's going to happen at some point. I think the players just want a bigger piece of the playoff pie, and it'll get figured out. Are they um, still negotiating? I don't know. I think, I think I'm sure there are. Uh, Bob Nightingale apparently last, like in the middle of our Friends Fantasy Benefits podcast, like like wrote it's done and like that means quotes. it's not done what are you yeah exactly <laughs> i said like breaking news if you believe bob nightingale which you shouldn't like <laughs> yeah no that means the literal opposite's happening what are you talking about so if he yeah. said that dh is yeah. coming maybe that's then you the... should know 
that maybe even the AL is getting rid of DH. It feels like the this kind of move for the Mets, though, is like they feel like maybe it's, I don't know, the Mets maybe just throwing around money. I, I, it's also like Jonathan VR sucks. Yeah, he but VR... No, he definitely should be a, like a super utility bench bat type of type type of guy. Uh, I was kind of stoked that he was likely going to go to the Reds. Unfortunately, that doesn't happen. No, that was looking nice because he would have played every day. Play, and sure. they run, you know, and so yes. um, yeah. I mean, his 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 value creators. Of course, my second base ranks was already like ready to go. Hopefully, uh, people understand that your comment. I literally commented Being about the Reds. Sexy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so under, explains like why you know that you didn't get this out before the new the news changed. Yeah, so, you know you could go in and adjust it, making the tables a little bit of a pain. But you know, I'm, I'm dropping shortstop yeah, tomorrow, so uh, I'll change it there. But yeah, I mean th- this hurts. I wonder if there is. I mean, the Mets. I don't think are necessarily done. I think there could be a trade coming at some point. I don't know if they want to go into the season with Lucchese, uh as one of their starting pitchers. Um, so maybe they maybe they trade VR to the Reds for in a deal for Sonny Gray, um, uh, or they trade a guy like JD Davis, um, and you know then they can play McNeil at uh, at third and and play VR at second. I- I don't know, though. I think if they're going to make a trade, they're going to try to figure out their uh, Alonzo Dom to first baseman and only one first base spot situation. Could be could be possible. Um, I mean, I think... We're getting close to it, too, though. I don't know that there's going to be any time for, uh, you know, monumental trade. Pitchers, catchers, packing it up. Get ready. Yeah, I, I'm... Who knows? This has been a weird off season. So yeah, no, it, it has. Listen, I, I still hope the DH comes, but I, I will say I, I, I think you're a bit off base if you haven't adjusted at all. If you're still as steadfast in believing it's coming as we were at the beginning, because we've now gotten two negotiation points where it's been clearly declined. Yeah, maybe maybe I need you to reevaluate things. Sure, but like. It's easier to change playoffs on a dime than it is a, a position like that because of the free agent market. Now, obviously, the two biggest guys, Nelson Cruz and Marcel Zuna, already signed. Imagine the Braves feel like at some point in that four-year deal, the NL will get DH, and I agree with them. But looks like this year, Ozuna's going to be in the outfield. So we'll see. Yeah, I, that's not good for lots of guys in the National League. I, I wish they would... Uh... I wish they would just figure that one out. I, I still have faith, but I don't want to. You should not. You absolutely should not. Even if they get it done, I think your faith is misguided because you have faith in <laughs> Bob the Major League Baseball oh. and <laughs> Bob Nightingale, the Players Association, and Bob Nightingale. So, yeah. like, it's one of those that even if it does come through, I'm still going to roast you for having faith in these absolute <laughs> morons. Uh, across the board. That they get yeah, the right just, thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so that's, because that's they fair. just continue not to. They shoot themselves in the foot so often. It's, it's like smart people when you're dealing with dumb people. You just, as a smart person, you assume that everybody's working on your same wavelength. and like playing poker with idiots. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. you actually lose to them when you're much better because 
they don't play anywhere near the normal way. And and I put normal in quotes, but you know, they're just completely unexpected. And in the long term, those people lose, but on a given night, they can absolutely dominate. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that, that's what it seems like. And unlike the MLB or excuse me, the NFL, baseball doesn't have as much of a, uh, uh, you know, cushion of success to succeed in spite of themselves like the mm-hmm. nfl is so horribly run same with the ncaa those two organizations couldn't be more poorly run and they just they can't fail they're too they're literally too big to fail. not that mlb is failing they're a 10 billion dollar industry but you know what i mean anyway enough of that i want to dive back in to pitchers and we got another bunch of battles here we'll start with a COVID bounce back here because we do actually have two prominent guys ranked similarly to each other uh, that are returning from from opting out. Marcus Stroman, still on the Mets after signing the qualifying offer, and David Price heading back over to, uh, or you know, ju- rejoining the Dodgers and pitching his first season with them. Remember, he was traded in the Mookie Betts deal, but then he opted out, so we haven't even seen him as a Dodger, really. What do you like better between Stroman and Price? I like Stroman. Um, I think he has a very, very safe floor. Mm-hmm. Uh there was a little bit of chatter the other day about David Price potentially being uh, uh, traded um, by the Dodgers. I don't know how much uh, how much validity we should give that report. It was by an LA beat writer um, about Price getting potentially traded. Yeah, that they could. I mean, believe. I mean, they have the depth, right? Yeah, they're exactly. Running, running Seven deep right now. I didn't think he would be the one. I I thought they would be like maybe trading Gonsolin or something like that. Yeah, um, but it would make sense if there was a team that would be willing to you know take his contract on or what's left of uh, what Boston's a team been. That like missed out on Bauer. Not that he's Bauer. Toronto. But he's, you know, he's yeah, you go back to Toronto, you know, David Price is still a pretty prominent arm. Again, mm-hmm. not uh not at the level that Bauer was at last year. Um but you know, somebody that can afford a bunch of money because half of his bills these next two years on the thirty two million dollar deals are mm-hmm. paid by the Red Sox. He's yep. sixteen mil each year, which is not that bad. And if you if you like can Price. get the Dodgers to pick up some of it, which I'm sure the Dodgers might be willing to do Depending on what you get back to, yeah. yeah, get a little bit better player, make it um, twelve mil per year, two, two maybe for maybe to the Mets for JD Davis, something like that. I mean, they do need a third baseman. Not that he's very good defensively, but yeah, I like Edwin Rios. I'm actually pretty I, intrigued I, by him. I but, love Rios if he actually has a spot come opening day. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I still think they're going to resign Turner. I do too, but um, we'll see. We'll so. Uh, yeah, no, for me, it's Stroman. I think there's a super high floor, and we saw some really interesting gains uh, in 2019 from him. I think we could be looking at a guy who goes very, you know, deep into, you know, deep in terms of innings into the season. Uh, you know, no mileage on him in, in 2020. Uh, he's supposedly working on a new pitch or two, uh, which is always great. I th- oh, yeah. You know, love this, you know, his landing spot with the Mets and, uh, you know, that he signed that, that, uh, the one year qualifying offer. You know, it's a great place to pitch, a really good offense behind him. I think he's kind of underrated in terms of where he's going in the ADP. I could totally see that. Um, you know, cause he's not a huge strikeout guy, Stroman, is it? 
and that's that's well known. So I think that gets pushed down. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he did show a little bit of a little bit of strikeout bump when he joined the Mets back in nineteen. We'll see if we'll see if he holds that at all. There was a little swing strike rate gain uh, to get to that twenty three percent mark that he had for sixty innings. I, I still like Price. I, I like I do like both here though. I really do. It's it is kind of a uh, you know toss up between the two. I'm gonna lean Price. Um, I'm excited that he's returning. You know, I've got him. I got him 41. I got Stro. What do I have Stro? I might have. I guess Stroh is 61. Yeah, they should not be 20 spots apart. That's that's too. That's too far. But well, I that's kind of where they're. I mean, that's close to where they're at in the ADP. Like Strowman is uh, going. Let's see. Since the beginning of the year in draft champions, Strowman is going 227, and Price is going 184. They are pretty split. Um, yeah, I don't agree with that big of a split, though. I need to, I need to adjust my own rankings. He's, they're they're not as split as they are in my rankings, sixty five to seventy nine amongst pitchers. That includes relievers there. But uh, yeah, I like Stroman at the price there too. I obviously paired them because of uh, COVID opt outs, but they're not super close in ADP. So. You like Stroman better, and he's cheaper. That's a that's a slam dunk for you. Yeah, I, I've got I Stroman at forty seven in my ranks, and as David. Pri- I have Stroman at forty seven in my ranks, and David okay. Price at sixty five. But that you was can have them reversed uh, from what I have, about twenty yeah. spots apart, but Price slower. That was also baking in the chance that Price might opt out again because there was talk about that. Uh, kind of around the time I was still doing my ranks, I don't know that I've heard anything either way on that, whether he... Yeah, I haven't. Um, so, a prob- you know, with pitchers and catchers reporting here pretty quick, uh, Price will likely move up my draft ranks. I'll probably move him a good 10 to 12 spots up, and then he'll, you know, be five or six spots below Strowman. There you go. That's about what I'm, I'll do for Strow, and wind up being close. We'll still favor our guy. Over the other, but uh, they'll be much closer as as they should be. As they should be. Let's go to the AL East. Talk younger, younger lefties here. Jordan Montgomery against John Means. John Means business. John Means being on Justin's fantasy team or <laughs> going with going with uh, Montgomery over here. I, I again, that's another one where I do like the pair. I will I will pick one specifically after you uh, make your decision. But I, I really like both. I could see both being on on some squads here. But what do you think between Montgomery and Means? Who are you digging on? It's means, and it's more a matter of I, I'm not really digging on Montgomery. Um, oh, okay. Why is that? Because like he hasn't really been good or healthy. Um, and like I understand why you know people are, are pretty good at this here. If you look at the, the skills, yeah. I mean, you know, three eighty four Sierra. I know it's five eleven ERA. But uh, you know the underlying and a one thirty whip. Yeah, I mean, like the the hits were high at nine point eight. Mm-hmm. That was definitely causing some some issues there. Um, but I like the I like the core skills, strikeout and walk rate over his career, good twelve percent. So his strike rate is up to thirteen this year. I think there's certainly something something there. I guess I would say, well, what's what's means really done? Because he had a similar year where if you look at underneath, it was pretty good. Um, while the surface stats had issues and then, cause you know, his good year of 2019, the core skills weren't really there. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it was one of those things where it's like, well, we know this guy. It wasn't either all star and everything too. It's like, okay, well, we know. <laughs> well, they didn't come have on. a lot of options. So. Yeah, come on. But it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, Montgomery's 2017, same sort of deal, where you know that was his best ERA year. But underneath, it was it was a little wobbly. But the skills have looked better since. Um, now the injury piece, I cannot counter because yeah. he certainly ha- that's just a simple fact. But I don't know. I, I don't see them too far apart. Talent wise, I think I think Montgomery is somebody you should give a second look to as far as his as far as his pure skills. But uh, talk to us about means. You can respond to what I just said there. Yeah, too, but well, I mean, Montgomery. and Montgomery, it's it. A lot of it is the injury, like, and they're you know the Yankees have loaded up on like they're. I was making a pictures. Yeah, I was making a joke uh, last night that the Angels are doing a quantity over quality type approach. Just like, hey, we're gonna throw a bunch of arms at you, and hopefully some of them work. Something, yeah, something. Uh, got to yeah, stick, right? yeah, someone stays healthy in that rotation. And I mean, I like, I like a lot of members of the Angels' rotation, even with their injury woes. Uh, but like, I feel like the Yankees are doing the exact same thing. Like, hey, we couldn't get the guy to front line with Cole, mm-hmm. so Severino, Herman, Garcia, Montgomery, Tyon Kluber. No, they definitely if, are. If two of you could stay healthy, we'll be good. Like, yeah, you know. if, they, if they get some, a few, co- a couple guys to emerge to go with Cole, it, it is going to be really nice. Uh, I agree with you. Angels are doing that. I, I like it for the Angels in lieu of you know they weren't able to sign the big whale either of the last two years with Cole and Bauer, so they're just going to go quantity. Uh, but yeah, the Yankees are doing that too. We'll see if Montgomery can stay healthy. Right, it's a big mm-hmm. test for him. He hasn't had a healthy year since 2017. Uh, I mean, he was healthy enough this year, but it was two months, so I, I just can't give that yeah. you know, much, much ride as far as what I do with it. But I think uh, I think there's some upside here. Well, let's talk a little bit more about Means because uh, his stuff had a transformation this year, but with the velo surging, but he was having a little bit of trouble commanding it. He had just kind of an interesting season where he has this big jump in velo, everything's looking better, uh, but then he loses feel for his changeup. Um, and then off the field, his father passes away. Just as yeah. he starts to kind of maybe find a groove, deals with that. Then everything does finally kind of settle down, and he closes the season nicely. And, and of course, then, then the clock runs out on it because it was only a two-month season. But all in all, he's def- definitely generating some buzz. And uh, I'm curious if you see, you know, like a like a full, full-fledged breakout here with means He finished the season with 23 and two-thirds innings of a – 152 ERA with 30 strikeouts against just three walks and 23 and two thirds. That was facing both New York mm-hmm. teams and Toronto all on the road and then Tampa Bay at home uh, against whom he got 12 strikeouts. So it was a small little four start run, but he was absolutely dominant. So, so what's, what's the upside here for me? And I mean, and the run was against the Mets, Yankees, Rays, Blue Jays like that, yeah, like, yeah. It was it was a, ni- a nice run against really good teams, um, and I was very impressed by it. I, the question is, can he command the the changeup that you know that pitch that can be elite for him with the added velocity uh, that we saw from the fastball? Uh, I mean, I've got him kind of in like a, a I mean interesting spot at fifty four. Kind of, you know, in front of that injury tier of guys that we've talked about before, of like Lamette and Canning and McCullers and Tyon and Kluber and Paxson and Soroka. Jesus. Wait, where, um, where do you have Lamette? I have Lamette at 55. 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. I just don't. I have means of 53, by the way. I'm with you. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, part of me wants to move him down a little bit just because there are a, a few concerns, but I, I did really love the way he finished strong. Um, the problem is it's a beast of a division and True. that park True. isn't going to do him any favors, uh, especially if he continues to struggle with the home run ball. So I'm a little bit concerned. I'm probably going to move him down uh, a little bit. Uh, neither of these guys have ended up on any of my teams, which is saying something considering I've drafted 75 teams. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 11. Absolutely. I'm in my 11th team. Um, and we're not yet at the means Montgomery area in my 11th draft. Uh, but it, it's kind of telling because guys I've got, you know, going by, I've got as I got behind him in my ranks, I have lots of shares of. Like, I've got mm-hmm. lots of shares of Griffin Canning. I've got lot, I've got shares of Tyon and Kluber and Paxton and Yurkiti. So, and even Dane Dunning, who I've got at 63 and Nate Pearson, I've got at 67. So, you're skipping them. Yeah, I think I've got to probably push means down in my ranks. Um, but I am very, very intrigued by the added velocity and in and, and the great changeup. Yeah, that's that's definitely uh, what I'm looking at here with the with the big swing strike rate jump and strikeout rate uh, boost from what he did in 2019. Definitely needs to curb the homers. Had pretty unfortunate, uh, you know, 2.5 homer per nine this year with 22 percent strikeout or 22 percent homer to fly ball. Excuse me. So you know, there's some work to be done. Like you said, it's tough division, but I think he's got the skills here to succeed. You know, he's he succeeded again, even though the underlying skills suggested that you should not buy into the 360 ERA of 2019 for John Means. That was a measure of success for 155 innings. Um, now he has skills to back it up. I'm intrigued. So I'm, I'm going to have I'm going to have some John Means this year. I think I might already have him in one of those two leagues. That I've I will done. say, if you look at like, um, you know, we've got access to our bu- good buddy, uh, Eno Saris's Command Plus uh, uh, charts from last year. Um mm-hmm. And if you look like in that last month, his uh, command plus uh, metric jumped from 102 to 106 overall for the season, which means in that last month, he was really, really commanding his pitches, which is is, to me is a really good sign. Now, can he hold that coming into 2021? That that is kind of the question. But Mm -hmm. I do have a little bit of uh, belief that he can. Yeah, I, I think so too. So I'm, I'm eager to see where, where John Means goes this year. Uh, also like Jordan Montgomery, open to both or either on a squad. Uh, probably not stacking too much NL, uh, AL East pitching just in general. But yeah, I did, I did get, uh, John Means business in the, uh, Arizona Fall League draft. Uh, I did the one that we would have, the one that we would have done, uh, you know, there at 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 AFL, yeah. Put online. My biggest issue with Montgomery, I mean, is definitely the health. I see yeah. the raw skills and that they're good, but you can only take so many injury risk pitchers on your oh, team. Rich coming from you, <laughs> but I'm saying, like, I mean, you don't want to put together a team with five they're injury all risk pitchers. Injury risk. Yeah, all some risk. are more injury risk than others. I mean, we've got to marginally. Marginally. Sure, but like you can't roster, you know, a guy like Griffin Canning, a guy like Corey Kluber, and a guy like Jordan Montgomery on the same team. 
And so it's likely by the time I'm... I, oh, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. See, I don't think Montgomery has that same risk right now. Like, he... That last year was his return year from TJ. He's in the TJ honeymoon phase. I don't see extra... Like, he has standard injury risk to me right now. I don't, I don't see, like, an enhanced... Like Kluber coming off of two years. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would say it's not as big as Kluber, but maybe it's bigger than a guy like, um, Zach Davies. Right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Davies See, has that, been I, healthy. I that, that's, that's where I don't really think so, though, because, like, I really think it comes down to, like, a coin flip. What did what did what did Davies miss time for in 2018 when he went through 66 innings? I don't know. Lack of talent. <laughs> Gross, <laughs> get obliterated, Davies. He didn't even know you were catching strays this morning, dummy. Gosh, hang on, I'm looking it up. But Davies just got—he's going on the IL for that. My goodness, <laughs> just just burned. Two rotator cuff oh. issues on. Um, May 3rd and June 1st, and then back spasms on April 5th. Or, excuse me, August 5th. He likes to go out at the beginning of a month. But anyway, I, I'm not even trying to, like, make some giant case by him being hurt. I'm just saying, like, what's what's the process when, like, someone returns from TJ? You know, I know we all do we all do it kind of, like, mentally. We make snap judgments, and we mm-hmm. kind of have meters in our head. But, like, where's the reset button on somebody who got TJ? They had that first year back. And now they're kind of going into that first full year. Do you not kind of start them back down? I kind of view it as like a mental waiver wire process. There's still injury concern, but he kind of goes kind of goes back near the bottom there as far as Jordan Montgomery doesn't pose a massive injury threat to me any more than a standard pitcher concern. That's probably the way I should look at it. I usually want maybe another half season to season of track record. Before I'm feeling super comfortable. And I mean, obviously, my perception of what the talent level outweighs things. So, like, if we're talking about um, trying to think of a good example of a guy like um, like Chris Sale, for instance. Like, if, if, if we were talking about, like, Chris Sale had pitched, you know, 50 innings last year after the Tommy John. Like, I'd feel much more comfortable taking the shot that Chris Sale is... You know, because he could be a top 15 pitcher, whereas I don't necessarily... See, you have Montgomery and Sale ranked 78-79, interestingly enough. In spite of the fact that... Because, I mean, the talent on Sale is he could be a top 15 pitcher once he's back. Not this year. That is unlikely that he would come back from TJ and... For sure, it it is definitely unlikely. Four and a half, five months as a top 15 I should probably lower Sale. To be honest, I, I didn't even know you had them back to back. By the way, that was just kind of serendipitous that 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 played out perfectly there. That we're talking about these. I two. did know it because I, I ranked them. That's true. You do you do rank them. I don't commit my rankings to memory, though. I wish I was that strong of a memory. But anyway, I, I don't either. I just have it in front of me. Oh, okay. That's that's where I'm at as far as you know. I I think Montgomery kind of goes back down to he goes back in the standard bin as far as injury risk. Um, so I'm not holding that against him. You got some skill questions. That's fair. But Means has those same questions. I think that's why, mm-hmm. in the end, they come out pretty close. Do I even have them close? Am I talking all this Yang? I got 67 for Montgomery and 53 for Means. Yeah, I'm fine with that. That's pretty close. Yeah. Um, all right, let's move on. Next next duo. Oh, a pair of teammates. Christian Javier versus Jose Urquidy. 
who do you prefer on the uh, on the up and coming Astros? There, both pitched pretty well this year. Uh, actually, Arquiti took a little while to get going. His skills were interesting, but he battled COVID. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, Javier kind of broke out a bit. Uh, remember, he had that debut against the Dodgers where he killed it. And he became a uh, you know a big fab monster. But but who do we like here between these two, Javier and Jose Arquiti? Christian Javier, Jose Arquiti on the Houston Astros. Apparently, uh, Mr. Kyle Gibson has made his winter home in in Northern it, California. So I apologize for that. <laughs> so nice to have the shoe on the other foot. I it's don't. Hilarious. Yeah, this is I don't understand it. Um, so I prefer Arquiti, um, largely because I think Javier's future, and I don't know if it's twenty twenty one or or just. Uh, later, I think that's in the bullpen. I mean, he he's a two pitch guy. If he were to, if we were to see on like Jason's pitch tracker, new pitch tracker, that uh, that Javier is got a third, you know, developing a third pitch, or he's gonna throw the change up more, uh, then I'd feel a lot more comfortable. But I I I like what I saw out of Javier, but he needs that third pitch. Otherwise, yeah, I do think he's gonna end up in the bullpen. Um, and Urquidy's one of those guys where, yeah, it was, it was kind of a weird season for him, you know, got COVID, uh, the strikeouts weren't there in the way I think many of us expected it to be, but the no, surface, when he got back, he didn't, he couldn't strike me out. Yeah. Which is weird because you've got such a big strike zone. I know I'm pretty easy to strike out yeah. and I'm blind as shit. So like, it's pretty easy, and I, I I had like four hits off him, dude. Yeah, it, it was. <laughs> there, were some, there were some dribblers. Yeah, but no, he comes back. He strikes out two and one, um, spikes a seven burger there against Texas, but then goes back to two, five and seven innings again against Texas. By the way, he only had five starts, so we're parsing mm-hmm. a lot here with Arkady. But I understand because I felt the same way. I was I was super excited about him coming into the year. Obviously, everything blew up when he got COVID, and I was like, okay, well, you know, we'll see what happens. But I I remain pretty excited on Arkady going forward. Yes, the strikeouts didn't come, but um, he's starting to get his swing strikes back a bit mm-hmm. toward the end. I think he's going to be more 19 than 20 as far as swing strikes go, and that's 12% versus 9%. Hey, even if you want to put it in the middle, say, you know, 10 11% area, um, we're going we're gonna to be fine with that, right? A double-digit mm-hmm. swing strike rate will be completely fine for Akiti. What else do you like about the 26-year-old? Because I, I feel like his changeup probably appeals to you if you're – because that's your major concern with Javier is he doesn't mm-hmm. really have one he can go to. Meanwhile, that's kind of Akiti's best pitch, no? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see him throw it uh, – no, I, I, God, he threw it, what, 25% of the time? So that's not – that's actually pretty good. I didn't realize he even threw it as much as he did. Uh, I do, and I think the, the state of this Astros rotation – He's gonna be in it. They're gonna give him a chance to. Oh yeah. Like they just don't have a ton of options. Um, and I don't know. Did you watch the Kevin Goldstein chat the other day when someone asked him about uh, Forrest Whitley? Oh no, I didn't. That's very interesting. I'm, I'm curious to hear what he said. So he said that he has the largest uh, range of uh, outcomes out of maybe any minor league pitcher. He could be like a number two or number three starter in the majors, or he could never throw a pitch in the majors. I mean, I believe it based on what we've seen. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he, he says it's like, even... all, it sounds like it's all off the field. Like, yeah. It, and so. he's, you know, he's had a couple of things that have been public. Um, so, you know, 
I, I hope he gets his mind right and everything goes well. I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for anybody that's, you know, maybe had their path diverted that, uh, hopefully he can get back on track because his talent is obscene, but it was very telling how he couldn't get a sniff. Sorry to make it so me centric. Yes, I was getting rips <laughs> off of Urquidy, but I was also asked to pitch for the Astros. So mm-hmm. again, yeah, over Whitley. And I said no in deference to him because I didn't want to hurt his confidence. Because why would they call up somebody like me who's A, um, awful at everything and B, not even a professional player over Whitley? You know, <laughs> I should have taken the money now that I think about it because even league minimum would have been pretty nice. Yeah. I kind of regret that. I, I regret that. And I mean, I don't know. I mean, I worry about your ability to repeat your mechanics. You know, the <laughs> oh, yeah, tall guys really struggle with that. Yeah. You know, so. It's on my backyard throwing. It was, it was. It's horrendous. Uh, I, I wish, uh, I, I wish, uh, Rob, uh, the pitching ninja had, um, done like an overlay of your pitches. That, that would have been, been like, but him doing, putting my stupid video on his top five was so funny, <laughs> dude. It was so good. But yeah, so Urquidy versus Javier. Urquidy's got the four pitch mix kind of ready to go. Javier had a good season, but he really is more of a two pitch guy with a couple of show me's mm-hmm. that are like, uh, 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 am I there? Am I there? Um, so you're going to see that development either in spring or going in because he did have a 25% strikeout rate with a 9% swing strike rate. And that just doesn't really track over the long haul. And I wonder if we had a full season, if Christian Javier would have been able to maintain those strikeouts. Mm-hmm. At that clip, it was a little bit Framber Valdez-esque, his other teammate there, that was able to kind of do it. Also a two-pitch guy. I wonder if there's something linked there. Um, you know, about like being a two-pitch guy with a with a big curve secondary where you can have this low swing strike rate and still, I don't know, maybe it's just, it's just too and coincidental. There, there were times where like he started to throw, Javier started to throw like a third pitch more. Like we saw like in different outings, like, oh, okay. 10% for the curveball or, or 14% for the changeup. Okay, here we mm-hmm. go. We're, we're starting to see. And then he would like go do a start, like, you know, the one against the Dodgers on September 13th. He didn't throw either. Like, he only threw two pitches the entire game. Like, it's like, wow. And so and there's, cl- it's clear to me that he does not have faith in anything other than the fastball slider. Um, yeah. And until he has that, I'm just worried that eventually he gets moved into a bullpen role, which I think he could excel in, um, sure. for I sure. That. He did in the playoffs. Yeah. Christian and so Javier maybe was, they, maybe like awesome Brandon, maybe Brandon, uh, Belak becomes kind of the fifth spot. And so that's or why. Really? Yeah. Um, if he, if he comes together, you know, I mean, look, yeah. I mean, if you're a prospect hound, Whitley's like a penny stock at this point could jump in and get him. Mm-hmm. Have you taken him anywhere? You've done 11 drafts, a lot I of 50 rounders. I think I have. Have you taken that spec? I okay. think I have. Just because, I mean, you know, and obviously it was before. 570. Yeah, so before uh, uh, Kevin, um, who, like I have to say, like it's so cool to have him on the side. <laughs> yeah, it really is, dude. Up and in, man. Mm-hmm. Still have a special place in my heart for up and in. And when I broke my ankle, I used to just binge episodes because I was stuck at home. I wasn't even really working because I didn't have like a work from home setup. Like I would get a few things from work. So I was just sitting around in my apartment, mm-hmm. hanging out and listening to the episode, waiting for the new one to come out and then binging old episodes. Yeah. yeah. Love to have Kevin here. But uh, yeah, the Whitley lottery ticket though, 
you got to try it at least once or twice, right? If you're doing yeah. multiple drafts the way we do, it's just so it's just dirt cheap, literally costing you no, nothing. Yeah, five at five seventy. So, uh, but then Erkiti over Javier, yes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I, I have more uh, faith in Erkiti's um, arsenal. For- Me too. I'm a big Erkiti guy. Got him fifty, and uh, I'm very excited about him this year. All right, moving on. Are you drafting Mike Soroka for a full season? Nope. What um, kind of season are you drafting him? What are your expectations? The one where I can now? turn off injuries. Um, I'm I'm super concerned, and I think we talked about this somewhat recently. I think so too. Um, so we don't I have to 62. rehash it. I got him forty-eight, and I think that's what it was. Is our split on yeah. him? And it's hard for me because I've been a Mike Soroka guy prior to the injury, like. Coming into 2020, um, uh, I was like the highest on Mike Soroka out of anybody from the site, you know, and most people uh, in the league or in the industry. Um, and, you know, because I really, I really like the kind of the safe floor that he offered. And I'm okay, you know, if not every single one of my pitchers has, you know, a super high strikeout rate or, or a league average strikeout rate for that matter. Mm-hmm. I'm just there's not a huge track record on starting pitchers and Achilles injuries, um, and the talk that if the DH isn't in the National League, he may not start the season because they're afraid of him running the bases. And I, I'm of the belief that That's even scary. if there is the DH, like he's still got to cover first base, he's still got to get off the mound to, um, uh. To, to get bunts, like, if they're not comfortable with that, then, uh, uh, <laughs> then you're nervous. Yeah, then I'm super nervous. I don't know why you sent me that picture of the little. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> you sent me a screenshot of our pictures for some reason. <laughs> I have no idea. It's what that... making me laugh. That is weird. Okay, I heard it do a camera thing. I was trying to close out an Excel and I hit Control S to save and then control W to close it. And I was in Excel, but I heard a picture. So I was like, what took a picture? I had no idea it was that. That's really funny. So that's why I'm laughing. I was all like, Oh, did he just send me a picture of Mike Soroka's like ankle or something? Like, like his x-ray dude. Yeah. Uh, Scan this. Um, Yeah, no, it it is, it is concerning, right? Because um, you got to have a lot of stability there to trust. I mean, when he, when he suffered that injury, when Soroka had the, the Achilles, it looked like he was sniped, you know, the way mm-hmm. he went down and you knew it was, you knew it was big trouble. Yeah. You knew it was absolute, you know, something was devastatingly wrong. Turns out it was the Achilles and it was, it was game over, but, um, I love the talent. Obviously this is somebody that we're going to monitor the next month. Plus, yeah. He could, he could jump up. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. He could jump up quite a bit in my ranks. If, if we see him pitching in spring training, uh, and he looks fine, um, and because he is a guy that I have liked in the past. Unfortunately, like he, he'll be a guy that like soars for everybody, um, because he's already uh, going, you know, uh, much higher than I thought he would. Um, uh, he's going at what pitcher sixty eight right now, one eighty two in turn or so one eighty two in terms of uh, ADP. And that the sixty eight includes. Uh, reliever, so like, let's say that's like fifty three or something like that. Um, and 
I have him currently around. Dun, 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 dun. Uh, I have him at sixty-two out of, out of starters. So yeah. I'm. I mean, he could easily jump. He's like kind of at the bottom of that injury tier that I was talking about. Like he could easily jump from sixty-two up to like in inside the top fifty if he's healthy. Um, but I mean, the problem is. What you got from Soroka when he was healthy was innings. He threw, what, 174.2 in 2019 with just amazing ratios, right? And the problem is, if you're not getting the innings to go along with those amazing ratios, he's just not very valuable without the strikeouts. So... Yeah, yeah. Volume, you know, high volume of elite ratios is what Soroka delivers. mm -hmm. And then, you know... 20% 20% strikeout rate, so you're hoping to get maybe 140, 150 strikeouts, but he has to throw 180, 180 innings to get there, and he doesn't seem like a good bet for that this year with Soroka, so yeah, you got to be careful. Especially coming off of 13 and two-thirds, and like injury aside, because it's not an arm injury, like do they want to jump him 150 innings from what we saw in 2020? I, I don't know that they do, and so... Uh, I'm I'm just very skeptical of Soroka. I'll be back in on him in 2021, but I'm likely not going to be in on him at t- in 2020 unless he looks fantastic in spring and the Braves say no restrictions. Yeah, yeah, that would obviously change things for Soroka, but it's really hard to draft him as somebody who's going to be fully healthy. So, you know, right now you're specking one way or the other. You're either fading it, saying, you know what, I don't believe him, uh, or I don't believe he's going to be healthy, or you're trying to catch a discount uh, by taking him at, at, at pick 180, but I, I would uh, I, I would lean toward being careful. Maybe don't fully get rid of him if the if the pr- price you know gets past the 200s. There, obviously, with a 180 ADP, that means he's going after 200 quite a bit. Just be careful with Soroka. Just be careful. All right, next up. Oh, this this guy's interesting. Chris Bassett. Can you put up a full season? Of, you know, of quality work, of, of being a, you know, maybe not, if it's not all formats, then a most format starter. Can, can you just, can you just do it for 150 plus innings? He had 144 innings back in 2019. Mm-hmm. He was more or less there. I guess, can he repeat or better that? Cause he looked great in 63 innings this past year. Is Chris Bassett, you know, having a, a late 30s or a, a early 30s boom here because, uh, He's been good at 2019 and 2020. Does he have another full season here? I think he can at least repeat um, 2019. That'd be good. 381 ERA, yeah. 119 whip, 23% strikeout rate, and 144 innings. Yeah. That's I, that's pretty useful. I, I think, yeah, I think maybe like a low fours ERA, uh, a 120 whip, in like 150 to 160 innings, it seems like it could be in the cards. I mean, I know a lot of people are like, well, <laughs> he's never really been good before. Like, you know, and this is just kind of coming on all of a sudden. He's also never really been just given a role. Like, he's been a guy that has bounced either between the rotation and the bullpen, or he's been bounced between the majors and AAA. Uh, and I think now that he's kind of secure in this starter role and what we've seen from him over the course of pretty much the last two full seasons is a guy that does a really good job of limiting walks, which is, you know, big. And 
uh, isn't going to give up, you know, a ton of hard contact. Uh, and so, like, I do kind of believe that the home run rate will kind of stabilize maybe around, like, 1.1 homers per nine, 1.2, something like that. Uh, and playing in Oakland obviously helps because the Coliseum is gigantic. Um so, like, I don't think he's, like, a league winner for anybody, but I think he could be, like, kind of just that unsexy middle-of-the-rotation piece in your uh, in your rotation. And I think the A's need him. I mean, we look at the state of that A's rotation, and there's definitely some upside there, but, like, I think what they really need is, like, length and... You know, that's where guys like Mike uh, Fires, who they just re-signed, um, mm. and Bassett kind of come into play because, like, as much as I love the skills on Lazardo and Montas, uh, and even at times Sean Manaya, like, what are we going to get in terms of innings from them? And what are the A's going to get? Like, they need these, they need Bassett and Fears to really kind of just be innings eater guys, and I think Bassett can do that. Dude, I think Bassett could feasibly drop a buck 75 this year if yeah. he's pitching well enough you know that'd be just over 100 more and we know 100 is kind of a target a lot of teams have thrown out but he's 32 you know he doesn't have a, a buttload of innings in the majors he's been primarily a reliever or swingman type um but i i just i don't think that they're going to have you know reason to necessarily have to hold him back mm-hmm. if bassett's pitching well no injuries they're going to pitch him. And like I said, I think he could push 165, 175 even. Yeah. I like him. He's, he's, uh, you know, he was one of those that snuck up on me a little bit when I was doing my rank. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I knew he was good this year because of MLB the show. It's actually been a few episodes <laughs> since I mentioned MLB the show. But, uh, yeah, he was getting upgraded there uh, a couple different times when they upgrade the, uh, the, the, the cards based on real life performance. So I knew he was doing well, but, uh, I guess I didn't really realize how good he'd been in 19 with yeah. Bassett. And that's what kind of sold me on, on giving him a pretty solid rank. And I put him 54th behind the aforementioned John Means. Um, so yeah, I, I like Bassett. I could definitely see myself putting him on some squads. Let's go to the other side a little bit here. We talked about a veteran. Let's talk about a prospect. Is Tristan McKenzie, Tristan McKenzie Cleveland's next big stud, Justin? I mean, yes and no. <laughs> so well, let me, let me say, by the way, Plesak, you can already say, did it, even though it was only a two-month season. A lot of people are hyped on him. Mm-hmm. And um, I know Savali hasn't done it yet. So if you're thinking that he's going to do it, that's fine. The real question is just do you think Tristan McKenzie's going to be a stud? It doesn't have to be the next big one. Like You don't have to be technical and be like, no, I think it's going to be Savali first. Just so I'm clear on the question here, I'm mostly just asking about um, whether or not you think he's going to be a monster starting in 21 or 22 or maybe not at all. I think on a per inning or per start basis, he will be. The question okay. becomes how many innings do we get from Tristan McKenzie, whose career had in the minor leagues um, was just ravaged by injuries. Um, and that's, that's a very strong concern. And that's my biggest concern. I mean, he's built like you. Um, yes, he is. Like, he, he's tall and weighs nothing. Do you know um, what his nickname is? Is it Sticks? Please say it's Sticks. Sticks. <laughs> it absolutely is Sticks. Because <laughs> he looks like one. But, I mean, his stuff is great. 
Um, and he actually made some command uh, gains in season uh, last love year, which which I love to see. And that has been like he is like like if there's a prototypical Indians pitcher, he is not it. Like they Correct. they have these guys who are command first, and then they teach them how to pitch with that great command. McKenzie is the opposite. He's got the stuff, and he just needs the command. And to see him go from, I think it was like an 80 uh, command plus, which is bad, to league average at 99 by the end of the season, like tells me they were working with him in season to kind of, um, uh, to kind of, you know, sharpen things. And we, we saw it kind of in the results. So mm-hmm. if you, if this is one of those guys, like if you could turn off injuries, I would oh, be yeah. all over. And, I'm actually very surprised at the market on him. Like people are just not. Uh, I was gonna say, you know, 194. That's kind of. They're not turning off injuries for you, but they're certainly making it price to buy for McKenzie if you mm-hmm. really do like him. Um, you know, we have him as starting in this uh, with with the club this year. We don't see any manipulation there, do we? I mean, he could he could I still be don't kept down. I mean, they would have to keep him down for a really long time because of true how much major league service time he got. So I don't do think put, so. Do you put that beyond them though. They could just put Quantrill in there. Um, no, I don't think. I don't think McKenzie. I think McKenzie is a guy where you're worried about how many bullets you're going to get from him, and so why not get those at the major league level? So I follow that. Like I don't disagree with you, but I just don't think that the team's going to think that way. I hope you're right, though. That that is one I definitely want to be wrong because, that, and that's a great call out because he is ready to go now at the major league. Not saying he's going to be a three twenty four ERA off rip point ninety whip, you know, for one hundred and fifty innings, but he clearly looks like he knows what he's doing uh, enough to start with the team. So they should put McKenzie up. I just hope they don't get silly with it because they're such penny pinching losers over there. Yeah, but Quantrill's got the same issues. So, I mean, they're going to have to hold one of these guys back. Um, yeah, but he's two years older, so they're going to, you know. Yeah, I, I, but McKenzie is, for the most part, a finished product. I don't think Quantrill is. I think Quantrill has still got uh, some issues in terms of making the next step. I do think Quantrill is going to be good. I just don't know that he's going to get an extended look in the rotation in, in 2021. So I, I would be a little bit more I concerned. I think he deserves it more than Logan Allen. For sure. But Logan Allen, oh, yeah. like, I think Logan Allen's going to have that role, uh, at least to start. I mean, who knows? Like, you know, at some point you go, if Logan Allen's awful, then maybe you. Yeah, he's a walk machine. No way. But he's he's also a lefty, and they don't have other lefties in that. I don't care. Give me Quantrill all day. Give me Quantrill and Sticks all day, baby. Um, all day. I mean, I, that's what I would do, but I don't think that's what the Indians are going to do. So I think day, McKenzie baby. gets a shot. The hard part, like, I like him a lot more in a shallower league. Because replace, he's yeah. so much easier to replace in, in that kind of sense. Mm-hmm. I do have I have drafted him already uh, in one league so far, uh, and I'm not shying away from him, especially because he's like he has just dropped and dropped and dropped in some of these drafts that I've been in. Yeah, well, I think part of that is a uh, a budding Quantrillian hype that is emerging, and uh, I like I like that term. 
Quantrillion hype. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know, it sounds like a um, term to describe. Uh, I, I can't think of a funny joke. <laughs> Kill me. I, I, I had I thought I had something about Quantrillion hype and then I lost it. I just I just bailed. I'm just bailing on the joke. Moving on. Yankee Renaissance Project, Corey Kluber or Jameson Tyon? Who do you prefer? I, sir. I mean, I have them right next to each other in my ranks. Yes, I got, you do. I've got Tyon. Yeah, I got Tyon fifty nine, Kluber six or uh, sixty, Paxton sixty one. Paxton's gonna have to drop uh, because he hasn't signed yet. Uh, Ain't I, got no team. Yeah, I mean, I assume he will sign before. Uh, before spring training games start, but at this point, I gotta start downgrading him because it just hasn't happened yet. Um, yeah, no, I I, I feel that. So, I, that. I think I prefer Tyon, but I mean, I could go either way. And what I've been doing in drafts is getting one of them and kind of alternating back and forth. Um, between between the two. So if I got <laughs> okay. no, if I if I, I was targeting. Tie on in this draft, then the next one, next time I'm going to tie on, or I'm going to uh, target uh, Kluber. And really, what I've been doing is kind of waiting till one goes off the board and then I'm snagging the other. No, I think that makes sense. I can get behind that for sure. Um, and that's, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of there with you as far as looking at the duo. And I certainly wouldn't want to get both. I ranked them back to back too, 56 for tie on. 57 for Kluber. So I'm right there with you. Um, you know, obviously the upside is massive for both. Mm-hmm. Even though, even though we have to point out, Tyon hasn't done anything close to what Kluber has. For sure. Yeah. But he's also five years younger. Yeah. Which matters. And you, we don't know yet, you know, if there is some regression with Kluber in addition to the injuries because he never really got a chance to come out of 2019's hole. And he is kind of a perennial slow starter. And really all we got was the slow start. And then he was mm-hmm. hurt. And then this year, it literally threw an inning. There's nothing to go off of, but that's also two full missed years. Something that, uh, that, that, you know, Tyon can relate to. Not that he had two full missed years, but it's kind of similar. 37 innings in 2019, nothing in 20. So they're kind of coming off similar similar stuff here. Do you think Kluber can, or not can he, because he can, but what's the likelihood they recaptures elite status? Oh. Sub-3 ERA type Kluber. Um, uh, 25% chance? Like a pretty good chance. To, for somebody going pick 200. Yeah, I mean... With you, the 25% shot of being that good? I don't know. What, I guess I would have to know what the standard... You know, like, what's... Yeah, I for mean... For somebody in the top 200 picks, like, what's the standard likelihood that they're that good? But, I mean, that's that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, like, worst-case scenario... I mean, the thing I like about Kluber is, if healthy, like, worst-case scenario, he's a very usable pitcher and kind of worth the price he's going, right? Exactly. Um, and so... Like, because he doesn't walk guys, you know, we're obviously throwing out the 35 inning sample in 2019. So like, he's never been a guy who walks anybody. Um, he doesn't really give up many home runs. Now the home run rate will probably jump being in Yankee stadium and pitching in, in the East, but sure. like, I don't expect like the bat has him for like a one six Homer per nine. And I, I just don't see that. 
Um, and wait, what? Yeah. Where does that? Okay, I'm looking at all of these. They are these are all substantially higher than anything he's done. I don't get that. Yeah, I, I don't either. And I mean, yes, will will Kluber like be able to dominate and strike out guys that maybe the way he did earlier in his career? Probably not. But like, I don't think the command disappears completely. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I just or the don't know control. Why. So I don't see, I don't see like they don't really have a huge jump in walk rate or anything like that. So like the walk rates are fine, you know. Yeah, two, two, four, two, three, two, six. Yeah, know, a lot of stuff of, that would be in the uh, five plus, yeah. five to seven percent range. Yeah, even if it's but like the home runs just skyrocketing. Yeah, I don't know that I I buy that necessarily. So, like, I think the question on Kluber is health. Um, so, and well, we just don't know. And I think so. It's Correct. kind of just a crapshoot, you know. You're, you're. He's going in a pretty reasonable spot in terms of uh, his ADP. So, like, I feel like he's definitely worth the gamble. Yeah, I think the health concerns are are in that price yeah. there. That's why you're getting I mean, Kluber at two hundred. He's he's going. Yeah, he's going at two eighteen. Like I, you know, in front of Christian Javier, like, and, and Tyon's going with 226, you know, they both moved up a little bit. I actually did. I did a cutoff since uh, January 9th, just doing the last month and they both moved up a little, Okay, uh, Kluber to 200, Tyon to 219, you know, they're, they're, this, uh, time period gets them a little bit more established with New York, um, as far as both of them being, you know, signed there. So that will kind of help us get a better idea of what their price is. Um, and those are still fair prices. Let's talk a little bit more on Tyone here. What, what's a realistic expectation? Not an upside. What, what are you realistically putting down for a projection this year from Tyone? If I give you 135 innings. 135 innings, uh, 3-7 ERA, one fifteen whip. And like a twenty-two percent strikeout rate. I'm all over that, dude. I'm uh, all over that. Last time we saw uh, Tyone, he really started. Well, not the yeah. The last time is not when he started to develop it, but he even dove into it more with that with that slider that he developed mm-hmm. in eighteen. We saw him amp it up in nineteen with a thirty-two percent usage up from eighteen. That third pitch has been key for him, and I really think that's going to foster a big breakout when he is fully healthy. I like the numbers that you gave, though. That's not overrating anything, and he can definitely beat that. And I think uh, I think there's a lot to like here. Man, I don't know. Maybe I just got psyched up by us talking here. I feel like I would draft both on a team. F it. Let me, I, I'll, I'll take the risk. I'll do it. I would have a hard time drafting both. But I, I, I can do it. I can do it. I'm not. I'm not in a shallow league. I could. It, but I'm in, not dying to do it. Yeah, I agree with that. And again, just to reiterate, the reason we say that about the shallow league is ten or twelve. Your your pool uh, of replaceables is going to be so much better. Yeah, and that's that's just what we're talking about. We're uh, talking about guys like Griffin Canning and Mitch Keller being on the waiver wire. Yeah. So like, you oh, know, oh, you're saying? Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about guys waiver. like yeah. like. You've got guys with real upside still out on the waiver. You know, Matt Boyle will still be on the waiver wire in a 10 or probably a 12. In a 10, will will Means be on the wire in some 10? For sure. He's in Baltimore. Yeah, Yeah, I mean. Yeah. 
I, I wasn't sure if I was uh, overstepping there. So yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's when we say that. I think it's clear to most of you, but just just to reiterate, that's what we mean. It's just if there's a higher volatility, of course we want them in shallow leagues. You got to take some high volat- volatile guys in deeper leagues too. But we're just saying we wouldn't want to stack them, and then you're creating a lot of ter- potential turmoil for yourself. Yeah. So that that's just just to uh, drive that point home. So uh, between the two, though, you're taking Tyon. You said. Yeah, I think I'm taking. Hmm. You know, honestly, it, it's a it's a total coin flip. It's whoever goes first. I'm taking the other one, and I mean, that's fair. In my like, I just pulled up my player shares page. I have Kluber in two drafts, and I have Tyon in two drafts. So you've been using, you know, one gets drafted. That's your cue. I got to take the other one next, mm-hmm. and then yeah. if they don't get to you. So be it. But you have four shares out of eleven drafts of at least one of them out of ten, so really, because we haven't gone to that spot in the draft. Oh, okay, in May eleventh, so so forty percent. Yeah, I, the the tough part for me about why I said you know I'm psyched into taking both. These are two of my favorite pitchers over the last few years. You know, I don't yeah. shut up about these two guys, so that's why I like both. If, but if you is, are like Paul, you being the listener, are like Paul, and you believe you take the skills. And hope that the health comes together. These are two guys that should be on your teams. There you go. Perfect. Perfect bow on it. Let's move on to our next one here. Ooh, oft-injured Southpaw. Speaking of the aforementioned Andrew Heaney, your boy. uh, Comparing him against Drew Smiley. This has got to be a troll, right? Like, you you know what the answer is here. It's Andrew Heaney, and it is not particularly close for me. It should be close. It's not close for you. <laughs> it should be a little bit closer than it is, though. But let's talk about it. Let's get in a little deeper. I'm gonna make you wait, though. We're gonna we're gonna go smiley first here. That's fine. Uh, moving to Atlanta, but experienced a nice little nice little renaissance there with your ball club. It was 26 innings, though. Let's not go crazy. It was a bunch of like four innings starts. That's that's the issue. That's, I understand that. I understand that. That's returning from, you know, the fact that he's injured all the time, and so they weren't uh, they weren't stretching him. I know your next question is going to be, well, then what's Atlanta going to do? How much can they afford to do that, though? It, can they can yeah. they give him a ton of four inning starts? Like maybe he's a five and dive off rip, or maybe he is all year. Okay, let's let's go with that. That's 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 fine. But Andrew Heaney misses time all the time, too. I, I, we're not talking about Heaney yet. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody else. Oh, my shoulder. Thing. How that dare was you? That was Charlotte. Um, that was Charlotte. Charlotte. Relax. We'll talk about Heaney in a minute. But but I, I grant that. I grant that. But unless you really think that's how Atlanta's going to use him, I don't think it's particularly relevant. Because his last two starts were five innings. Like, they were standard five innings. Like, he was ramped up into that. But I think he's a five-inning guy. I don't think he's a four-inning guy. Hmm. I just, yeah, I, I do worry about his health. Like, I just, it's the health track record and the fact that, yeah, he only went five innings in those last two starts uh, for the Giants. And, I, I mean, you look at, like, you look at a guy like Max Freed on the Braves and how many times, you know, a, they only let him go five innings um, last year. And you go, okay, are they really going to let free do the same thing or go deeper i don't know that they will um now they gave they paid him and they you know like they it wasn't chump change either it was 11 million dollars mm-hmm. um and so maybe they just say well screw it we're gonna see what you can do uh i think so 
to a degree, like five inning starts. Mm-hmm. Are you realistically concerned that, that he's going to be a four inning starter? I I am Not somewhat concerned. Team? Yeah, I, I just I just don't see that as a valid concern. I mean, I just like I mean, what, are, are you had, are you concerned like that the velo started to drop off in those later starts? No, because he can be successful with with lower velo. Like I don't I don't need every bit of what he did. For Smiley in 20 with the 38% strikeout, the 15% swinging strike, the 94 mile an hour, uh, velo there that he had that you're bringing up, which is, you know, and, and like you said, it definitely trickled down, but it's still at 93 and 94 in his last two starts when he was going five innings as opposed to the 95 that he was living at before that. But it, it kind of fluctuated a little bit within the season. I don't know, man. I just think. I don't think that they're signing him to be a four-inning. First off, nobody really gets signed to be a four-inning guy. That's I fair. Mean, you know, he might be a consistent five, and that's okay, but that's you're still qualifying for the win on a quality team. So I think judging him in the realm of a five-inning guy is is, is more fair. Um, if you know, there are health concerns to be concerned about terrible sentence structure (laughs) there are health issues to be majorly concerned about with drew smiley that i will grant i mean i I don't have to grant it it's a stone cold fact but that's why he's cheap give me an innings projection what do you got for him one 142 oh wow okay so you're higher than all of the projections Oh really? What what's the highest projection? One thirty eight. Okay. And okay. I, but I mean that's the high. We've got yeah, zips yeah, at yeah. ninety seven. Definitely the high then. Yeah, and zip, zip and ATC at one seventeen. Okay. And yeah, I feel like good. I'm more in the one seventeen. Um, I, you know, and I do worry about if the home runs become an issue again. I, I think you know being left handed in Atlanta kind of softens that, that short portion, right? A little bit. So sure. I don't think like all the projection systems have him, his home run rate just skyrocketing, you know? Um, so this is a common thing. And I'm wondering, cause we just talked about it with Kluber too. Mm-hmm. At least, at least he has an injury, a home run track record, I should say. Yeah. Does. So that makes a little bit more sense. Cause 26 innings isn't enough to curb that. But so I don't know. Maybe I won't count that one. But yeah, I mean, he is, allowed 32 home runs in 114 innings in in 2019. So like, here's what I will say: his price isn't nearly as good as I thought. As the 78th pitcher, he's in between Means and Stroman, two mm-hmm. guys we've already talked about. Ahead of Tyle Montgomery, Javier Urquidy, all of whom I think I want instead. So the price isn't really that appealing. It's not expensive at 215. Like you're not you know, putting yourself in tremendous danger to get smoked on that pick. If you like him, if he's your guy, I believe Jason likes him, right? Not just because of the race connection. I think maybe I'm talking about I, I, there, but I, I, I think he Toby, likes Toby what? loves Drew Smiley. Toby loves it. I mean, uh, I mean, you know, the, the Renaissance was nice. That the skills were really sexy. Like I said, yeah. 38% strikeout, 15% swing strike, huge VLO bump. How much, how much of those gains can he hold? Let me, let's do another hypothetical. Cause I think with guys like this, you have to do the hypotheticals because things are so subject to change. What if he comes into spring and he's still popping? Let's say 93 to 94. Right? He's sitting there, which is still up from 9091. That is his career, but down a little bit from the uh, firm 94. Let's say he's more in the 93 range. 
How, how does that suit you for Drew Smiley? Looking healthy, looking sharp, keeping some of the velo gains. They're lo- they're pushing him up. in those spring training games in the same way that they're pushing other starters. Yes, I would probably bump him up. If it, if it feels like they're just going to let him go. Um, yeah, just be a five, you know, sometimes pop a six here and there, but mm-hmm. otherwise just be kind of a regular guy, dude. As long as your body's holding out for you. You're in. Yeah, I could see it because, like, I think he could be, like, I mean, he's not going to be a 38% strikeout rate guy like he was no, last year, no, for sure. No, no. Uh, but, like, could he be 26, 27? That's what I'm saying. And put yeah, up. He holds some of the velo gains, you yeah. know, I think that would be really nice. And put up, like, a 3, 7. Type ERA with that. because everything improved in velo, by the way, too. The mm-hmm. cutter was up three miles, yeah. the curveball was up two and a half. So, like, it was a velo boost across the board, but he mm-hmm. might have just been unloading there. So, you know, I think pluses and minuses. My biggest concern is how long we can expect him to pitch and pitch deep. Sure. And, and well, so, I mean, Here's my, if, if you're playing in a 10 or 12 team league, you obviously bump him up because again, sure. like we were talking about with Tyon and Kluber, there's better replacement value and you, you take the gamble on the upside and hope that you, you don't need to replace him. Cause if you don't and he can put together 150 innings of just excellent work, like he could be a league winner type guy. Um, but. I just, you know, I tend to play and I tend to rank for a little bit deeper, more like, you know, 12 and 15 league team leagues yeah, opposed to 10 and 12. And, uh, and I just worry that you're gonna, he's gonna pop something again or, or any idea to the notion of once you get past a certain point of demarcation, a point that I don't know and maybe could be open to interpretation, but once you get past a certain point in pitcher, doesn't it make sense to maybe start to draft for a portion of the season, an early portion, as opposed to worrying so much about getting to the finish line with guys? Oh, uh, yes. I mean, the deeper the league, the less likely I'm I'm willing to do that. And I think it also matters. Like, I think team contract matters with a guy like Smiley. If, That's also fair. Yep. You know, if yep. you've got a bunch of workhorses on your staff, you can take that gamble that Smiley, you know, uh, it, you know, hits the upside and, and stays healthy because if he doesn't, you still have, you know, those anchors on your rotation. You know, um, if you no, pair no. him with a guy like Strowman, um, you know, then you're okay. Well, I've got the safety here with Strowman, uh, and the upside here with Smiley. Uh, you know, but on the reverse, like there are going to be drafts in which I'm in and like I've already taken a few riskier guys, you know, maybe you end up with like a Dylan Bundy. Okay. Or Tristan McKenzie already, and then it's like, ooh, I, I can't really take the gamble here. So I have not ended up with him. I probably should raise him a bit in my rankings. I just have a hard time putting him up above guys that I like, uh, like Griffin Canning, like um, uh, Matt Boyd, like Mitch Keller, even though maybe I should. Over Boyd, I mean, yeah. What? Why do we still like Boyd? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't. I got him at sixty-eight. Like, I mean, I, I know I'm risking my membership in the Boyd Boys. <laughs> I was never part of the Boyd Boys, um, but like, I at this point, it's like okay if he can figure out 
some things like he, he still has that massive upside. Yeah, I got I got him eighty fourth. I got I got Smiley seventy sixtieth. You have him seventieth. Um, which I don't I don't have I don't have beef beef with. I just it's just at that price avoid. I'm not getting him. Like he I mean he's going inside the top two hundred and uh I'm just not going to end up with Smiley considering where he's going, which I'm okay with. Yeah, you know? well, and like I said, those players around him mean I'm not getting him either. Uh, I think I have a little bit more confidence in him than you do, but not enough to be like, I'm rostering him. You're definitely wrong. It's more of like, give him a little bit more leeway on the innings that if he's healthy, I think he's going to go five with the opportunity to get some sixes in there and just be kind of a standard dude. Kind of like your boy Heaney, to be honest. Like, I paired them on purpose. Mm-hmm. Heaney's also had a shit ton of injury issues. Now, I will say, when he's healthy and going, He's been a guy who can go six, seven, mm-hmm. kind of on the reg. And the Angels need him. Anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, no, they, I mean, you know, obviously they desperately want to make the playoffs, and we talked earlier about how they're kitchen sinking it. But I think they're doing it with some interesting arms, not guys For that sure. are necessarily as fantasy viable or entertaining, with like Quintana and Cobb, but guys that can get them just useful innings. Mm-hmm. And if their bullpen is used... Anyway, I don't want to go on a on an Angels tangent. Uh, but we are talking about an Angel. We're talking about Andrew Heaney now. For those that don't know, a longtime uh, uh, Justin favorite. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this is kind of your tie-on. I think it's a decent comp. Yeah. Injuries has had some good success here and he, there. He's but... the old fantasy kryptonite from the Fantasy Focus. Correct. Uh, so talk to us about what you can realistically expect from him. Not... Not your dream scenario yet. We'll get to that in a moment. But what are you realistically expecting coming in? Um, you know, he stayed healthy for the two-month season, but only 18 starts before that. 30 starts before that, but then 5, 1, 18. You know, it's been up and down. He has the mm-hmm. one full season, which was pretty solid, and he's had flashes in 19 and 20. But in the end, even those two shortened seasons had a 491 and 446 ERA respectively. So what is it that keeps Heaney from, even in these shortened seasons, putting together a flashy ERA to go with a decent whip and a great strikeout rate and a solid walk rate? Like what, what's, what's the missing thing to really push him into the mid or low threes? Uh, it's, I mean, it's avoiding the blow up starts. Like yeah. that's, I mean, that's what it is. It's, I mean, yeah. he, He's been inconsistent from start to start. And we saw it last year where, like, yes, I mean, he had, I mean, he was really, really good most of the season, but he had like two, three bad starts, including the last one. Um, and you can't do the, you know, pick and choose your starts. But if you did and you just took off that last start, then he's got a four flat ERA with a 321 fifth, um, you know, over a strikeout and inning. A walk rate that's much more, or a, a walk rate that's very good, and a home run rate that's much more respectable. You know, the, I love Andrew Haney, and it, part of it is I'm blinded by just you know, I, I when I'm watching him pitch and he's on that he's just a guy that I think could be a stud. I should lower him in my ranks. I've got him at 41, um, and that's way too high. Um, and so I should probably drop him. It, well, because you wouldn't take him there, right? We, we've talked about this, you and I. I had, don't I have to some, take him there. Yeah. Exactly. I think we've had some interesting discussions about are you ranking, you know, based on where you would take them. And then you've battle tested, you know, obviously mm-hmm. you're out there in the streets. And I have him everywhere. To, I mean, and that's great. So you are, I mean, you're not necessarily drafting him 40th, 
but you're taking it, right? Yeah. You haven't ranked higher than anybody else. You're getting your Heaney shares, and that is I respect six, that. Six of ten leagues so far. Yeah. So you are putting you are putting your money where your mouth is with him. Now let's start to talk some numbers here because you're right about the blow up start thing. Remember, um, I. Pardon me, I was actually looking something up about Heaney. When you were talking about uh, the, the the four whip, if you take off some starts, was that for 19 or 20? Uh, for 20. So 19 has a similar thing then, too. Yep. Remember how well he was doing mm-hmm. in August going into September? He had the 14 strikeout game, the 10 strikeout game, um, a couple games after that, another eight strikeouts. But then he went back-to-back six burgers against Tampa Bay and New York. And it was like he bounces the RA from 430, which is not – elite but he was in the midst of a great run to 510 yeah and and then he did have one one good start to finish the season bumping back down to 491 but like that's so tough he'd been in the midst of an eight start run with a 340 era 56 strikeouts and 45 innings for heaney that was from july 6th through september 7th so a nice little two-month run there but he crapped on it and you know what else you talk about blow-up starts what's the key factor of those blow-up starts home runs yeah it, yeah, I mean, the, until he brings those home runs down, those blow up starts feel like they're still going to be there. Now, thankfully, he doesn't have a major walk issue, or they could be even worse. But he does give up a fair share of hits. Do you think there's something in the pitch mix um, uh, approach? Is there anything that you've noticed being a big fan of his that you've studied and said if he could just tweak this a little bit, maybe the home runs come down and then he can avoid some of these blows? Or is it just kind of part of his game? Some guys just give up homers based on the way they, they pitch, and it's it's too fundamental to really change. I wonder if this is more of a matter of like him not being willing to give in to guys. And, and maybe let the walk rate bounce up a little bit. Yeah, if he, if he did. Effort to not just meatball he's, it. He's got really good command. I mean, his, his command plus in 2020 was 112. So we're talking about oh, like yeah. in the area of, of Zach, like same command plus as Zach Greinke. Like right below Marco Gonzalez and Jacob DeGrom and Kyle Hendricks. Like he's got really, wow. really good command. Um, and that's why like I keep going back to the well on him because I feel like maybe if there's a, a little bit of difference in approach when he's on the mound, like he's going to really lock into that great command, very good stuff. Um, and we're going to see the breakout. We haven't seen it yet. And so I'm, I'm, I'm banking on the calm. Uh, uh, quite a bit, but the price is right. I mean, he's going what right around pick two hundred. So like, it's it's a really good price. You don't have to take him where I have him ranked necessarily. You can you know wait um quite a while. Sixth pitcher, same range as all these other guys we're talking about here: Kluber, Gonsolin, Means, Smiley are sandwiched around him. Yeah, he, he, I think he's around. Yeah, pitch a uh, starting pitcher sixty one, I believe. Um, if you take out all those guys, the relievers, okay, yeah, the relievers. So, like, yeah, it, I mean, even if you take him at you know pitcher fifty five in like the Chris Bassett area, like I like Chris Bassett, but I feel much more comfortable in the upside of an Andrew Heaney. Um, you know, maybe you pair him with a guy going in that area like David Price. You get some of that safety from Price, uh, and uh, and kind of pair it with kind of the upside on Heaney. I'm I'm gonna keep doing it. Like I said, I've already gotten him six of the ten drafts that I finished thus far, uh, and I I don't have any issue uh, continuing to go back uh, to uh, that well. Yeah, you you've been steadfast in your Heaney love, and I think there's certainly 
it's certainly warranted in that there are skills here to be interested in and a chance to really pop. And you're never really overpaying to a degree where it's like, come on, dude, you're just, you're just, you know, remaining loyal to your I'm, guy. I'm, I'm going to die on not. this hill and I'm okay with it. <laughs> Again, we have not made it costly for you to live uh, on said hill. So um, I don't, I don't blame you. And uh, I like it. All right. Next time. You know what? We're going to do it. We're going to go. I said nine. I added a 10th. That's actually for Thursday. I just didn't want to forget about this player. Um, we're going to go with the nine that we start. Let's finish with best Boston buy. Nathan Eovaldi or Eduardo Rodriguez? Both uh, have their issues, right? You know, COVID mm-hmm. kicked Eduardo Rodriguez's butt to the point where it developed a heart issue. Thankfully, we've gotten great news on that. Everything's looking much better. He is slated to be ready to go for the season and everything. There was actually legitimate talk of like, hey, he might have to hang it up. Uh, when he got this bar- my- myocarditis, mm-hmm. but he's all good. That's fantastic. Expected to have no restrictions going in. Eovaldi just put him in that Drew Smiley, Andrew Heaney, mm-hmm. Jamison Tyon realm of you know guys that get injured a bunch. That I think both of us love. Are you a Eovaldi guy? You are, I, I yeah, I'm an Eovaldi yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. So we're obsessed with him. This is our you know if if Tyon's mine, Heaney's yours, then. Eovaldi's our joint custody mm-hmm. uh, obsession. But who do you prefer between these two here, given given question marks abound for both? I mean, this could change very rapidly very soon. Uh, but it's Eovaldi, and it's not particularly close. Um, okay. And that's because of the COVID issues that affected Eduardo Rodriguez. Like, he was not cleared to walk until, what, like, like early fall? Like, it was, I mean, it was devastating, like, his, his, you know, COVID symptoms. And so, like, I know there's talk that, oh, they expect him to be ready for opening day. And, you know, we should see him, you know, pitching in spring training games. Until I see that, I'm not touching him. Just not. Okay. I mean, I just, there's, like, and I like his talent. And if, if I see him on a mound in spring training and he looks like the guy he was you know, in 2019, then he's going to shoot up my ranks. But okay. like, I, I can't really blast you on that with regards to Eduardo. It, it was, like I said, it was scary. Like there was talk yeah. of like, I don't know, maybe he's, I ranked him 90th. Play. Yeah. You, you've really put that caution out there. Like I just, I, I want nothing to do with him. Um, until I know he is pitching. Uh, and like, I hope he is. Cause like I said, I really like him and I have enjoyed, I enjoyed what he did in 2019. Um, you know, so reports with pitchers and catchers, like, is that a first threshold for you that you're yes. good on or, or okay. And then makes his first great. Cause we'll start. see, we'll see video and clips of him, you know, yeah. long tossing and maybe doing a bullpen or two and exactly. we'll get reports. And that'll start to, yeah. Really generate uh, you'll you'll start to feel a lot better about him. Okay. Yeah, and and then okay. then he could easily jump. You know, he'll jump fifteen spots just based on him reporting likely. And then once we start getting some velo readings, we start hearing, oh, you know, he's fine. He's back to the, being the guy. Like I could easily start pushing him in, into the top sixty, top fifty starting pitchers because I. I do believe in what he did in 2019, finally showed health. 
um, you know, and the skills, you know, stuck around with that health. I, I, I think he could be a very, very good pitcher in that boxing rotation that needs a guy to front line. I like Evaldi a lot too, but I mean, the health is always the question. It's just, always, what are right. we going to get in terms of an inning count for him? Um, and so like, I got him at 72 right now. Uh, 70. Yeah, like oh. right behind that Drew Smiley. You know, I've got Smiley, Otani, and then Eovaldi. Um, so, you know, it's hard. I mean, we, you know, he was really, really good in 2020, you know, when he was on the mound. Nine starts, 48 innings, 372 ERA, uh, you know, a 26% strikeout rate. Mm-hmm. We saw, you know, so like we saw all the things we want to see. The problem is it's, you know, he has not thrown 125 innings in the majors uh, since 2015. So, More than 125? Yeah, I mean, so like, and he's only done that twice. Yep. And he's been in the league since 2011. I know. Evolved, and so, yeah, like... I've been through all of it, man. He's, again, one of these guys like Smiley, where it's like, I I, I have a really hard time drafting that, you know, especially because I do play in deeper leagues. If you're playing in shallow leagues, take the gamble, I guess. Um, but just be able to, like, cut and run the moment he gets hurt, because it feels like it's got to come, right? I mean, I hope not. But, uh, yeah, his history says that he of all the will not make it through the entire season. And I mean, that's just kind of been where he's at. Like all the projections except for zips, uh, has him for like 138, 149, 150 innings. Like he just, he hasn't done that. Like he hasn't. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the dream. That's the high end. Yeah. And so we'll, we'll see what he can do. Uh, the skills are there, right? If he's healthy, we know Evaldi can be good. I do think he is priced to buy. Both of them are really uh, at 230 for Rodriguez and 232 for Ivaldi. They're very close. And so you can kind of make your choice there and decide uh, which way you want to go. Um, if you're interested in either, but, um, you know, th- there is some, there is some concern drafting either of these Red Sox here. And of course, they're not slated to have a great team. I don't think they're going to be like complete trash, but a bad year for Boston is like, it's still know, a fourth place. Seventy-eight team. to eighty-two wins. Like you know, they, yeah, they they could finish as low as fourth. If things went really off the rails, they could finish last. Yeah, to be honest, I mean they did this year, but that was two month season. But I, I I think Baltimore could feasibly get them even in six month season. That's if things really go poorly, though. Mm-hmm. The two guys we just talked about don't really stay healthy and pitch well. Sale doesn't really come back, and then it just really falls apart. But um, yeah, I'll probably get an Evaldi piece or three. But uh, I don't know about Eduardo. I'm, I'm probably going to sit si- sit on the sidelines for this one and just kind of root for him. Hope everything's good to mm-hmm. go health wise, but not necessarily take him myself. Yeah, I've not drafted Evaldi at all this year. All right, that's going to wrap us up uh, for the Tuesday episode. We'll be back on Thursday. Just want to let y'all know. Uh, first off, thank you guys. Thanks to those who have joined our Patreon already. Uh, we're going to have some rankings up. The rankings early. Uh, so if you're listening to this on Tuesday. By the evening, the uh, all the rankings should be up for our infield, our four infield ones. Mm-hmm. So people can go ahead and check those out ahead of time. Otherwise, we will uh, uh, 
be adding more and more stuff there. Go to patreon.com slash the sleeper and the bust. Got both those in there, the sleeper and the bust. Pick a tier, but thank you guys so for, so much for the support already. It's very cool. Greatly appreciated. And, uh, you know, Justin's been begging me to add a tier when he comes to visit you. Like $90. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's how it goes. I'm oh, cuddly. Wait, no, that's, you tried to put that on yeah. me. Yeah. Which was very... Our very own Nick Pollock uh, was our very first mm-hmm. Patreon, which, I mean... Is there a better person in the world than Nick Pollock? I'm not sure there is. I mean, well, maybe Alex Fast. Oof, that's good debate. Let's call them both right now. Oh, no, we got to get going. I just got sniped in the draft. I'm upset. What what round? Uh, tenth round, Mike Mustafa. Okay, then you can still complain about snipage up until about the tenth, eleventh round. But I I literally start. complain until the fiftieth round is over. Oh no, I do too. But we're assholes for that, is what yeah. I'm saying. Mm-hmm. We're, we're clowns. Like it's not a viable complaint. But yes, I do as well. But I think you have legitimate, like, ah, nuts until about the ninth, tenth round. Then it's like, hey, you should take in your guy. You had a billion opportunities. But I hear you. Justin will be back Thursday talking a bit more pitching. Again, we're not going through the entire round, but I still think there's another probably two episodes worth of these battles here on pitchers that are going to be very fantasy viable. So hopefully you guys are enjoying that, uh, the pitching deep dive here. And then, uh, I mean, pitchers and catchers are reporting very soon. It's, it's, or inching closer, Justin. And so get excited. And uh, I'll talk to you on Thursday. Oh, I'm excited.